Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, welcome back, Sharon. Oh, Jeremy, gosh, it's been so long. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is one of our podcast blitz days. So, uh, you know, we're doing quite a few of them, but but it's always fun to be together, even if we're not sitting in the same room. I know. I can't wait to be back in the studio again. Yeah, between my schedule, your schedule, and everything else going on, you know, we've had a tough time being able to do that, but that's all right. We'll do it soon. Promises, promises. You know how to tell if a, if a man is lying, don't you? How's that? His lips are moving. Oh. Ah. <laughs> All right, Sharon, since you threw that out, let me throw this one out to you. All are right. Are you ready I'm for ready. this one? You ready? ready? What does a frog do when his car breaks down? I don't know. What? He gets it towed. <laughs> I told you that. Your children. <laughs> Oh, they say it's a dad joke, but I love it. You know, I think it's great. It's so. <laughs> <That's> so bad. <laughs> uh, well, we've got another great show lined up today, and uh, we have a special guest who you have some history with. and uh, A lot of history yeah, with. Yeah, and is based here in North Carolina. We have Linda Moore with us. Welcome, Linda. Hi. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, CRNA extraordinaire. We're going to call you 40... Nine years in nursing, 46 years as a CRNA. Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, on any given day, I think to myself, how did a little girl from Latrobe, Pennsylvania get here? (laughs) It's been a, a wonderful journey. I grew up in the era when my dad did not believe that girls should go to college. So my sister and I had a choice of becoming a nurse or he would pay for uh, teaching, teaching college, which they didn't consider that to be university college. So my sister and I both went into nursing and 
I graduated from high school in June and I started nursing my nursing program about three weeks later. So that has been quite a journey and new revelations every day. When I graduated from nursing, I worked in the OR and I would look at the nurse anesthetist and I thought, wow, they are really something else. These wonderful people. At the time, all of the nurse anesthetists I worked with were female. And I just thought that they were so cool and they were so confident and they got to wear fake eyelashes and they got to have long nails and they got to sit. And I thought, gee, I would like to really do that. That's pretty nice. I'm running around here getting instruments and passing instruments. And wow, I think I'll become a CRNA. Little did I know that (laughs) two weeks into my program, I was like, who am I? Why am I? And what the heck am I doing here? (laughs) You wanted to cuss them all out then, didn't you? (laughs) Because they made it look easy. They did make it look easy. And And we do make it look easy. I remember watching you make it look easy because Linda was was one of my instructors in school. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes, and a whip in a chair is what I needed at that time. (laughs) (laughs) We still need that with Sharon. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Bard (laughs) pumps had just come into being, and people were running Norcuron drips. I mean, this was like really forward stuff and nobody did it except for Linda. So all the students wanted to work with Linda because she would do all the cool new things, you know, propofol had just come out (laughs) and uh, we were running drips with propofol. We thought that was the coolest thing. We'd never, and I would give anything to have one of those barred pumps back right now. I hate that. Yeah, it's true now. (laughs) But Linda was the Well, it was just a matter of that is just how my brain works. And I would just look at the anesthetic and break it down to components. And every component really is infusible. You know, you basically by inhalation, infusing the inhalation agents, but then you can infuse the narcotic, you can infuse the propofol, you can infuse the muscle relaxant, infuse them all. And that's what we would do. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's crazy. the way you broke it down when you taught it too. So anyway, we could digress. Um, <laughs> but one thing that Jeremy, she did not mention is she just was the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award at the NCANA meeting a couple of months ago, which is a great honor. There's Absolutely. only been a few of those handed out in our state. Yeah, no, and, and well warranted. You know, and that's really kind of the crux of what we're going to be talking about today, Linda. You've done such a great job in advocacy and volunteerism and really a lifetime of work in that arena. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about why that's so important for nurse anesthetists or nurse anesthesiologists, whichever side of the coin you sit on these days. Um, It's so important for them. Well, I think that in advocacy, you serve to promote, you're promoting your profession, even in the easiest way. Hi, my name is Linda Moore, and I'm a nurse anesthetist, and I'll be doing your anesthesia. That is advocacy, the very basics. But when you begin to look at the total picture, 
your advocacy goes even further than just in the hospital setting. So you become an advocate for nurse anesthesia in the choices that you make outside the hospital. Committees that I would join, I joined partly so that I could educate the people on those committees, be it a car club committee or just your local church group committee. Sitting there and just saying, I'm a nurse anesthetist, gets a conversation going as to, well, what is that? Or what's the difference between you and an anesthesiologist? And so you're educating the public so that they don't automatically assume that, number one, if you're a guy and you walk in and you say, I'm going to do your anesthesia, they don't assume that you're the anesthesiologist. And I think that that is the beginning of where the advocacy and then I just kept going with it. And now as a precinct chair for the Democrat Party, I have the ability to talk to state, local and federal representatives and teach them about what nurse anesthesia is, not just about what I want them to do for me, but what we do for them. Every time they come into a hospital, that's who they're going to see and why it's important for them to understand what we do. Well, you know, Jeremy, Linda's one of those people, uh, you've heard me tell this story before about Sandy and Nancy. Students will walk right past them and have no idea what they've done. And Linda is one of those. We are written into the Nurse Practice Act now because of Linda. And that happened when you were state president. President. The first time. The first Mm -hmm. time you were state president. Um, And uh, then there were lawsuits involved. And why don't you tell a little bit about that story, Linda? Well, we decided working with Polly Johnson, who was at the Board of Nursing and was the liaison between the Board of Nursing and the NCANA, that we needed to have a more defined rule about nurse anesthesia practice. And so we developed the language for it. And when it was promulgated into the rule, the anesthesiologist immediately decided that they needed to sue us because we were expanding our practice, even though we were not. At the same time, the third-party reimbursement was happening, and that's where the legislation got involved because we were included in the advanced practice nursing piece for Medicare reimbursement. And the anesthesiologist wanted us out. So we're fighting the rolling reg lawsuit on one hand, and we're fighting to keep ourselves in the law on the other hand. So it was all happening over the 4th of July weekend. And I was called on Friday that they were coming into session and that they were going to go to the legislators to get it stopped. And so when they decided to have us taken out, the North Carolina Nursing Association asked us to drop out. And there was much contention about it, but we felt that we needed to make a stand, even if we were taken out eventually, but we could not just be dropped and not put up a fight. And that's where all Art Souls came in. And he went on the floor And he spoke for us and he tried to help us, but eventually we were taken out of that. And it 
it created a rift between the two associations for many, many, many years. So that was all going on at the same time. The lawsuit took years and it was eventually decided that the compromise, there was a piece of language put into the rule that Polly Johnson slipped in and it was okay with the anesthesiologist and they dropped their lawsuit and everybody went home. That piece of language that was introduced into the rule and reg actually only affects nurse practitioners of which we are not. They didn't know that. And so that's what they agreed to. And that's why the rule was passed. So we lost on one side, but we gained the recognition of every legislator that was there. They knew who nurse anesthetists were. They knew what we did and whether they wanted to or not, they could not deny the fact that we are the oldest advanced practice nursing group in the state, if not the country. Linda, what lessons did you learn along the way in dealing with all these issues that you've had to deal with throughout your career? The biggest lesson that I learned was patience. You know, I am Italian-Irish, and so I like, you know, my, there's great passion, as my husband will tell you, when it surrounds these things. I am a freedom fighter. And when I see injustice, it just really brings those passions out. But I've learned to be patient and to just sit back and to plan and analyze, reanalyze, reintroduce ideas and listen. And that's probably... If I could change anything about myself, that would be the one thing I would change, that I would like to be a more patient listener instead of having my passions almost override my ability to hear. So that those are the biggest things, patience and listening. Let's talk about mentorship for just a few minutes because you've mentored a lot of CRNAs, myself included. Linda was the first person who made me chair of a committee at the state level. I was I chaired her public relations committee. And I remember when she asked me, I thought I was going to cry. I was like, you want me to chair your committee? I was so excited. And then, so I guess we can all blame you because <laughs> you started me, Linda. <laughs> you, th- that is all you. And you were award-winning too. You were award-winning. Uh, but why don't you talk about mentorship and the importance of that in our profession? Well, I think that each CRNA has the ability to not just mentor student anesthetists. We really have the ability to mentor young nurses, potentially getting them interested in nurse anesthesia and keeping the pool going. And when you go to uh, take a patient to intensive care, there's a great opportunity to educate the nursing staff there. When you're dealing with patients in intensive care, the intensive care nurses are just shy of autonomy. They're the ones that we pull from because they're using what I consider the big gun medicine. So they understand their medicines, but what they haven't transitioned into is being able to make that decision that that medicine is going to be used. They still are bound to a degree by physician orders. So making that that transition into a more autonomous decision-making process is what 
all CRNAs that deal in that arena should be helping them to understand that we have autonomous decision ability. Because I think a lot of nurses think that we take orders from doctors and just teaching them what we do and how we do it and how what our ability is to do it. Some nurses don't understand that we, by law, by rule, have the ability to do these things and that we don't have to work with an anesthesiologist is probably the biggest. But I have, in the GI settings where I work, I have talked to nurses and, and helping them to get their judgment and their ability to make decisions a little more honed. Like, hey, you know what? It's okay for you to do that. You don't have to wait for someone to tell you to do it. You can, you know, that's in your purview. You can do that one. And so mentoring on in those ways. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Linda, you volunteer a lot as well. You want to tell us a little bit about where you volunteer and maybe some of the benefits that you've received out of that? Well, when I left uh, working uh, for the hospital and I started my own company and I subcontract to uh, right now, mainly to uh, Jeff Cottle and Caroline Anesthesia, And that afforded me the opportunity to go with a very good friend of mine to Belize Central America through health volunteers overseas. And what we were asked to do was to come down and to start a school of nurse anesthesia, to give the country of Belize their next generation of nurse anesthetists that would be indigenous. So that's what health volunteers overseas is about. They teach the local indigenous population so that they will be able to deliver the services. And we we did a three-year mission. I went every six months for two weeks of volunteer work. And I taught in the School of Nurse Anesthesia. And the classes that we taught were what our students get in a semester we taught in a week. It was very intensive. Our students were amazing. I just really cannot express enough what their commitment was like. I had a student that would travel four hours a day by bus and she would read with a flashlight in order to be in class at 7.30 in the morning. I had two students that would leave their families from Monday through Friday and had an apartment in Belize 
so that they could go to school and then they would go home on the weekends. I mean, it was really intense. And, and when I say that we were teaching semester work in a week, my topics in one week, I did neuroanesthesia, neuro anatomy and physiology, the, uh, the nervous system. I had to teach them how to work with a computer so that they could send their homework and they could retrieve homework and messages. We had to make sure that they had basic math skills. So we taught math. And then in the second week, I did the anatomy and physiology of the renal system. So that's what they would get. That was in the first two weeks. When I went back the next, it was two weeks, all of the IV pharmacology in two weeks. So this is intensive. And it taught me how to hone a message, how to encourage and um, the certifying exam that we gave them was developed with our schools. So it was attested, it was, you know, accredited testing device that they used. Now these CRNAs could not come to United States and work, but they could work anywhere in the Caribbean. And it gave them a lease on life. Like they are not just stuck in that one place. They can go anywhere in the Caribbean. They are certified registered nurse anesthetists. What a great gift. Wow. They gave me amazing gift and what a great gift that they were given in return. And then they give to their own country every day. That is amazing. I mean, I can't even fathom, you know, being able to do a whole semester's worth of work. I mean, that is so Linda, I, I mean, hope is not lost for me. I could still be a CRNA and you could teach me in four weeks how to do this. I'm excited about this. No, I, there's a caveat there. You know, Americans are pretty spoiled. So yeah, I probably would have a harder time. But one thing I did, I have a friend who is a head of Treehouse Productions in Raleigh, and he does documentaries. And he, I asked him, and this is part of advocacy. I asked him if he would come to Belize with me and that he would film. And he did. And we did a documentary oh. called Teaching the Healers. And this documentary was submitted and it won a telly award and it won third place. But if we did, each of us got a statue like you get at the Oscars, but it's a telly for this work. Wow. Uh, where can you see? Is it on YouTube or anything? Do you know? Um, you know, Sharon, I hate to say how ignorant I am about YouTube, but I don't know how to put it on there. But a copy of it is at the office. We have mailed a copy of that to the office. So they have it. Oh, um, well, we need to get on to put that up on YouTube. It's really, is really impressive. But you will see just, I mean, we didn't have computers to teach. It was like, chalk, you know, writing on the chalkboard. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We need to have that put up. Anyway, I'll make myself. Another. I'll tell you what, I'll get a copy mailed to you. What format is it on VHS? I don't even have a VHS. No, 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 it's not VHS. <laughs> They're burning on a dish no, here and I'll send it to you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we can have Rocket Boy rip that thing and put it up for us. We can do it for us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have we got permission to do that, though, from Treehouse Productions, or will we get in trouble? <laughs> I don't Better think so. I mean, I'll just ask him. I know him. So um, I'll just tell him. I'll send him a little email and say, can we do it? Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. So, you know, another thing that I remember is 
your huge political involvement, even back then, you set up the PAC charter and the PAC in North Carolina. We didn't even have a PAC back then. So that was very forward thinking. Well, I mean, it, it certainly makes sense because you're, you know, we are fighting and as sad as it is, you have to have money to get heard. And we knew that back then. I can remember passing a hat out at one of the state meetings. You know, we passed a hat and asked people, give us something, you know, so that we can fight these battles. And our pack is tremendous now. And, and it's because people understood. And I think that one of the most important things to understand, even if you don't want to be that person, that voice, that person running out there to do whatever, know the issues read, you know, don't be just going to work every day thinking everything is hunky-dory. I mean, at least know the issues, understand the issues and the implications. They may not feel like those implications matter to you so much because you're working in a situation where you're a team and you don't want to make part of the team angry. But I don't know if you could put this on the air, but this is my gut. This is my true feeling about that. If you're going to be mad at me anyway, I'm going to give you a really good reason to be mad at me. <laughs> a Linda-ism. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're going to be mad anyway, I'm just going to give you a really good reason to be mad. And that people just need to know the issues and that if it doesn't affect you, then you're not paying attention, number one. And number two, how about everybody else? How about we not be so, you know, uh, our own deal? Mm-hmm. How about the rest of us that it does depend on that these things get passed, how important it is? And maybe more people would feel free to go independent. Maybe groups of CRNAs that work for hospitals could then have the ability to go to the hospital administrator and say, you know what, we want to talk to you about giving anesthesia here for you separate from them because we don't really need them for everything. We don't really need them at all, but if they have to be here, we can do different things. Having a law an ingrained in law that says that we can do X, Y, and Z is how you have the ability to negotiate how you work. Hmm. Interesting. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. So, Linda, you're also involved with the North Carolina Democratic Party, and you're a precinct chair. Why don't you kind of tell us what exactly that means? Well, in the Democrat Party... Everything starts at the ground level. And so precinct chair is that person who oversees 
you have districts and you, we all know that you have a district for congressional and a district for the house and you have it in local levels too, but each of those districts are made up of precincts. So my precinct has, I don't know, maybe 5,000 people in it. And so in my precinct, we, in February, we do what's called organizing the precinct. So we have a precinct chair, vice chair, treasurer, secretary, and these people get together and you try to bring people in so that you can begin to look at what is important to you because the Democrat party, again, all the ideas. So the precincts come together and they make a list, if you will, resolutions about what it is it's important to their little slice of North Carolina. It'll be clean water. It could be just a myriad of things. And then we collect all of those precincts in, say, Congressional District 6, and we bring all of them together. Now, we will have a meeting. We'll have a district meeting. their conventions. And all of those resolutions are brought together, and they're put out to the district. And then after that, we have our state convention where all of the districts, 100 districts in the state come together. All of those resolutions are brought together and it forms the party platform. So for the Democrats, party platform issues start from the ground up. I'm not sure how it is with the Republican Party, but I think it's more top down. So ours really, truly goes from the grassroots up. And I've been a precinct chair probably for 10 years. So what I'm hearing that is if CRNAs get involved at that level, you can actually put forward something that may wind up being in the party platform for the Correct. state. And it also, when you have issues like the SAVE Act, by having meetings with your precinct, you can kind of get a missive out and say, you know, um, you know, I'm an anesthetist and, you know, we're doing this and this. Would you write a letter on our behalf? Would you do this on our behalf? So, again, advocacy and volunteerism going together and we meet the candidates and sometimes we bring out someone to be a candidate. So we already know who the candidates are, because when you, you know, like the Guilford County Democrat Party. You go to those meetings and the candidates are recognized and then you get a chance to go up and talk to them. I can tell you that Michael Garrett, who is a senator in North Carolina, Sharon, I know you know him. Michael Garrett told me that because of the work I did with his campaign, that mine was one of three precincts that took him over into the win column because we opened our house and allowed our house to be used for phone calling and uh, door-to-door on three consecutive weekends in Southeast Guilford County, which is very red, but it's not as red as people think it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, as a previous candidate, I can tell you that candidates do not forget that. So that's a very important lesson for CRNAs to to learn Mm -hmm. to hear this. Right. And I've always said, Sharon, if you had run it as Democrat, you probably would have won. <laughs> Told him. Uh, not in that wrong, district. In the wrong party, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll save that for all. Uh, I was going to say, we I'll might want to keep that off. one low, low key. Yeah, right we'll probably now, keep so. that one out. Yeah, yeah. So, Linda, <laughs> as we as we kind of wrap it up here, is anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? And then we've got one more thing after this, so don't hang up on us. But I kind of want to get your conclusion. And then we've got something that, that Sharon lovingly refers to as the lightning round. Okay. Well, I would I would like to promote the idea of self-worth in our profession. Don't allow others to define who you are and what you can do. And each of us is an advocate for nurse anesthesia. And don't be afraid to promote yourselves as a profession and the professionals that you are. We are a lot of times our own worst enemy when we allow other people to take charge. We need to be the ones. We are the people that are the best to say what we do with our profession. We have the tools. They're right there at our fingertips. And we need every day to know that in the field of anesthesia, there's a parity between nurse anesthetists and other providers. There's a parity and equality. They don't need us, but we don't really need them either. So that we need to, as we strive to go forward, to promote the equality of the two professions. And that way we will maybe at some point have peace between the two. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. That's, that's just said perfectly. I mean, Thank absolutely you. said perfectly, Linda. So, All right, Sharon. Well, here is your lightning round. You want to kick us off? I do. So, Linda, if you could go back in history, what era would you go to? You know, I really thought about this and I wouldn't go back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back because I don't want to go back in time when women are not respected in the way that we are today. I would rather go into the future when hopefully we are finally equally at peers with men. Wow. That's the best answer we have ever gotten. Wow. You really did put a lot of thought that I like that. I like that. All right. So Linda, who's your hero? My first thought was my dad, because my dad was the type of person that never looked for any recognition, but dad would walk in a room and everybody would want to be there. Everybody want to see him and meet him. But my real hero is my mother, because my mother raised two daughters to be confident, independent women, which she was not. Huh. Interesting. That is wow. Interesting. How do, that's interesting. I mean, that's just a whole nother can of worms. But how do you do that if you're not and then raise your children to be unless, you know, it's something that she always wanted to be? or strive right. to be, she put into you, even though at the time and where she, the, the era that she grew up in, she probably wasn't allowed to be. All right. When my parents went to vote, my father, they went in the booth together and dad told her who to vote for, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And he had to wear gloves and a dress to wow. go vote. Wow. I mean, very Catholic, you know, Italian, but mom was the type of person that Although dad did not believe in girls going to college, my mother pushed my sister and I to become nurses because she knew that her biggest thing to me was don't ever depend on a man for your living. 
have something that you make your own money. You don't have to depend on anybody. Mm. Wow. That's given me a lot of pause for thought. So what is your superpower, Linda? Well, I think my superpower is being able to read complicated issues, economic and things like that. And I don't know, I'm just, I have an analytical brain, so I can like for myself, break it down, be able to give it back to you at a level that I believe that you can understand. Well, that worked in Belize. If you taught them uh, a semester's <laughs> worth of work <laughs> in one week, for sure. Wow. All right. So, you know me, I'm the money guy, Linda. But if you won the lottery, what would you do? Well, if I won the lottery, I would make sure that my family was taken care of. And I would give money to the CRNA Defense Fund. I've always felt like that. And, and charities. Charities. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Sharon, go ahead and do one more. I know you're itching. Go. Come on. What's your favorite word, Linda, that you can use on the air? <laughs> I was going to say, I can't, you know, I, when I saw that, I thought there is no way because I know what my favorite word is and I cannot say that on the air. I say it in the car a lot when I'm by myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when somebody um, pulls out in front of you, right? Yeah. Well, no, usually I listen to NPR every day. So that's usually when that word comes out. Oh, <laughs> Um, I, I don't really have a favorite word other than what I can't say. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll leave that one alone then. There you go. There <laughs> well, Linda, we really want to thank you for being on today. Thank you for all the advocacy and all the good that you've done for nurse anesthetists and, uh, you know, all of our listeners out here owe each one of our guests gratitude because it seems like, all the time. We have people on who are difference makers. I mean, you've been in in the industry for 46 years. You've given so much of yourself to promote this industry. You mentored Sharon Pierce, which is, Lord knows, had to be a job. <laughs> a heck of a job. Um, you know, you've given back so much. So we just want to take a minute and say thank you to you for everything you've done and continue to do. Well, I want to thank both of you for this and having this, you see what you guys are doing right now, volunteerism and advocacy. You're perfect. <laughs> True that. Well, I'm not quite perfect. Sharon, you might be, but, you know, I got a couple of flaws. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for making this so painless and um, not so stressful. Well, good, <laughs> good. That, that's kind of our claim to fame, I think. We're pretty laid back on this. So, But, Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. And we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. Sharon, if they like our show and want to know more or maybe just help us out, how can they do that? Oh, well, the best way is to leave us a review because it pushes us up in the algorithm and tell all your friends, of course. And if you leave us a review, please make it positive. There's enough negativity in the world, right? Amen to that, Jeremy. All right. Until next time. It's a wrap. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim. 
and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Sharon, the season of Christmas and giving is upon us again. Yes, it is, and it keeps coming around quicker and quicker. It certainly does, and during this giving season, you and I and our listeners have an opportunity to give two ways at once. As many of you know, Sharon and I support the ANA Foundation, and I currently serve on their board. The Foundation is a charitable organization devoted to anesthesia research, education, and development. All of which are very important to our profession. That's exactly right, Sharon, and it's the very reason to donate. However, we wanted to let you know that you can give to the Foundation during this season in someone's honor as a tribute, or if you've lost a loved one, a donation in their memory. The Foundation will send a card to the family letting them know that you've done this. What a lovely way to memorialize someone. You know, I will be donating in memory of my precious granddaughter, Emma Kate Brick, and that we lost this year. Also, as we're taping this, we found out we lost an icon to this profession. Patrick Downey, a former AANA president. Another way to memorialize him is to donate to the foundation. Yes, Sharon, and I really hate we didn't get an opportunity to have Patrick on the podcast. That was always our plan. It's just so sad. If you'd like to donate, just go to the ANA Foundation within the AANA website under Ways to Give and Donate in Tribute or in Memory and Help Your Profession. Thanks so much, and Merry Christmas from myself and Jeremy. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.